this crazy world we live in, when people use the word geek, it can create certain impressions. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream. Let's learn about the real people behind the stereotype. I'm your super dummy Paul. This is Geek. Steve Conroy. I'm from over in Perth, Australia. I kind of hooked up with the Comics Emotions guys um, just through a sheer chance, really, of having to know known, uh, Stephen Ray for, for a while and then kind of hitched myself to his wagon. Um, I've had a small show called The Retro Project, one before that called Saturday Detention. Um, but mostly I'm just kind of like a... a uh, a card-carrying, uh, you know, proud, well, probably 30, 35-year nerd-carrying member. So, yeah, card-carrying, not nerd-carrying. That makes me sound like that weird partnership from Mad Max Thunderdome. I don't know if you ever saw that Master Blaster. You had the, the little guy on his back. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's nothing like that. I'm not that kind of nerd-carrying. I mean, card-carrying nerd for, for 35 years, official, anyway. I started um, uh, kind of producing a podcast for a mate of mine. He was keen on doing a, a, a show. This would have had to have been back in 2015, maybe. Um, and as we were talking about what he should do, it, it slowly over over time turned into instead of him saying saying i he said we and he started doing that a few times and then suddenly by the time the show started it was it was we and then uh he was doing it and he was saying would you just want to sit in with me on the first one just so that you know it's a bit more comfortable i was like yeah yeah right and then i kind of just went from there and that was called saturday detention with a mate of mine called uh luke lowry so shout out to lowser um and uh we just kind of did anything. We 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 had a uh, a segment we ha- we did called "Is It Shit," um, where we would one of us would pick a film we loved that we knew the other one hated, and we would debate about whether it was shit or not. So we were kind of like, "What are we going to do? What are we going to call it?" And I said, "Well, let's just call it Is It Shit." And so we did like Top Gun because um, I'm I'm not a fan of Top Gun, but Luke Luke really is. Uh, we did Masters of the Universe, Superman four, um, and quite a few. And we just we would just talk. Uh, we, like we had a we had a Ford off for one episode where it was Han Solo versus um, Indiana Jones, and we had this whole ranking criteria that we went through. Um, and in the end, it was a draw, and it went down to Roxy the paper, which was fantastic for the medium of podcasting. You know that was uh, that was one of our smartest moments. So, and then from there, um, I went on and did the retro project, which was basically just an excuse for me to um, hunt down people who I really admired from when I was a kid. Um, and under the medium of podcast, um, fool them into talking to me for about an hour about things I've always wanted to wanted to ask them. That was kind of a con job. Really, it was. I, I put the episodes out there. Don't get me wrong; you can you can download the retro project. Um, but it really was. I, as I described it to my wife, I said it, it's just a con job, and I just put together a list of people 
I think the list was 15 people long. I think I've gotten to 11 or 12 on the list. So there's still a couple that I'm trying to that I'm trying to track down. Um, and then from there, I've just kind of stumbled into the the Comics in Motion guys, you with superheroes for dummies, and and uh, and a show that I'll be doing called uh, My Favorite Episode, which we've kind of almost got enough in the can now that we'll start releasing it. It's a nice way to do it. Have that nice little buffer going on, so that if you fall behind a little bit, doesn't really matter too much. The great way to do a show. Because sometimes I find myself what I'll do is I'll ask the same question two different ways when I'm speaking to someone. So what I'll do is when I go through and edit it, I'll edit one of the the ways I've asked the question out, stream, streamline it down. And I barely edit out any of them, but um, I, I absolutely do a butcher job on myself. I just cut, cut, cut. And that's why this is interesting, because I actually go to great lengths to avoid doing this on my show, and then you've got me doing it on yours, so... That's uh, going to be a fun one. Going to be a fun one. Yeah. So this is only about twenty minutes long. We know why. <laughs> See, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I am anything outside of my geeky interests. To be perfectly honest with you, it's um, only because um, it's, it's not. It's not that it's all in all encompassing. Like I won't bail someone up at a, uh, you know, at a cocktail party and you know demand that they tell me which Batman's their favourite Batman and, and that kind of thing. I'm capable of of being like a, a very social and capable person. But um, but I don't think that they're the part of my life that isn't actually influenced by it or um, um, constantly kind of immersed in it or that's, you know, from everything, from sitting down to watch TV at night, night with the wife um, or watching, you know, the kids' favourite shows or, you know, going to work, because like you said, some people talk about going to work. Well, I work in a comic shop and I work in a um, retro arcade showroom. So, again, that's uh, that's uh, touched by geekness. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think I am anything outside of it, but not to the detriment that some people might think it is to hear kind of say that. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a, you know, a son, I'm a brother, and uh, all those kind of things. Um, but even those things, like you know, if I get a present from from someone who knows me in my family, nine times out of ten, you can be guaranteed it's got some kind of emblem or some kind of logo or some kind of something something sitting there on it. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to say that. Uh, that there isn't like a, a a me outside of my my geeky pursuits. I've I've definitely uh, I've definitely made sure that it's uh, it, it's something that's there all the time. Like anywhere that you turn in this room, there's something. You know, I've got a Superman two poster up here. I've got hardcovers over here. I've got a um, oh, I love this thing. My Batman Beyond. It's like the two hundredth Batman figure they did, yeah. And then you, now you have no idea how much joy that brings me every day. Every day I've had that for, oh, I must have had that for at least fifteen years. Every day I still push it, and every day it still, it still gives me a, gives me a smile. So, um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's really the fairest way I can answer that question. I'm just, uh, I just I just am the geekiness 
um, but as I said, not to the not to the detrimental stereotype um, that some people may instantly think as far as that goes. Like I wear I wear glasses, but I mean I'm not like Professor Frink from The Simpsons. Like I'm not trying to give off that kind of you know hey you know kind of uh, kind of vibe. Um, I'm not that kind of you know that kind of thing. But um, but yeah yeah it definitely um, it def- definitely doesn't take long when you start to get to know me that it's uh, you know that yeah yeah you're dealing with a nerd. You know, I'm. Uh, I, I. I mean, I'd be the first one to admit I'm probably a little bit vanilla in a lot of my choices as far as comics book goes. Uh, probably especially like I stick to. You know, I'm a Superman guy. I'm a Batman guy. Justice League guy. Um, you know, you stick a Justice League International badge on something, and I'm all over it. Um, and I'm not one to to kind of steer outside of the lane that much. Um, I don't know if it's so much been a journey, but it's just it's uh, it's just always been there. Like I don't remember a starting point for it. For instance, if it's a journey, you know, every journey has a beginning, um, and I just remember always being this way. I um, uh, like I remember I remember when I was f- probably five, because it was when I was living in England. So it was probably when I was about five. Um. We'd go around to my nan's place. Uh, we lived in Watford, and we'd go around to my nan's place on Saturday morning to be looked after. But in uh, in very old school English style, for some reason, my nan was mad at my mum, and they were arguing next to the steps. And I remember looking into my nan's living room because she had the good room, which we couldn't go into, and then she had the front room, which was kind of like granddad's study. None of the none of the rooms had the name of what they were. Like the front room was was actually a study. It wasn't, a, you know, and it was, yeah, I'm sure you probably know English people who do the same thing. It's like I still out here at home, I still refer to the back room because we've got this room and it's been everything. It's like kids' bedrooms and all that kind of thing. But I still call it the back room. We've got the front room and all that kind of thing. Anyway, that's that's. I think that's what you were talking about as far as rambling, rambling goes. Um, so I remember looking in the living room and the Super Friends was on and, you know, it was an old school TV and I have no idea what my nan and my mum would have been arguing about. I have no idea what was going on, but until they resolved it, we couldn't go and sit in the living room because my nan might lose her bottle and we may end up going home, you know, because my nan was, yeah, she was Irish Catholic crazy. Um, and, uh, so, but I didn't care what the argument was. I just wanted them to settle it so I could go in and watch the Super Friends. That's all I wanted to do. Um, and so I think that's probably even one of my earliest memories, to be honest. Um, so it's just always, there's always been, like, just say that happened today. Just say two people were in my, in my house and they were having an argument and I'm 47, and the Super Friends was on in one room, I would probably just be thinking, as a 47-year-old man, I hope these people stop arguing so that I can just go and watch the Super Friends. The way we talk about journey, I don't think I've come that far, mate. I think <laughs> I think I may have been fully formed. Um, now, maybe not what most people would consider fully formed, but the fully formed version of myself I think came out very, very, 
very quickly, I think. Because, yeah, I think a lot of my... A lot of my reactions and a lot of my my things and stuff like that, I think you could probably trace a lot of them like back and I'd probably, like that thing there, like I was five, but I'd still do the same thing. I think uh, I think I might be like that with a lot of things, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah. But it's, um, I mean, it's interesting being a nerd in the 80s isn't like being a nerd now. You know, they're they're two very, very, very different things. Um, And not even in the kind of like the stereotypical way, you know, how people say that nerds were bullied or beaten up or or that kind of thing. I never really dealt with that in in any way, really. No one ever beat me up because I was a nerd. But it was the content we got compared to what's out there today was just shithouse. So I think that was probably the hardest part of the journey was putting up with countless TV movies that were just lower than low budget. You know, it it just took a long time. I think that, for me, was the hardest part of the journey. It wasn't really anything kind of like, you know, being bullied or anything personal like that. It was was actually getting to a point where the content on, the, on TV and on the screen was actually consistently decent. Because we waded through a lot of shit so that people today could get what they get. I think people forget us. We're the, we're the forgotten generation when it comes to nerds, you know. We're the, we're the ones who did all the heavy lifting. If you haven't seen Dolph Lundgren's Punisher, go and see it. This will all make sense. So, um, But, yeah, it was great. I mean, being a nerd in the 80s, as I said, that, that was kind of a negative kind of thing. But it was also fantastic because when people talk about you know, a lot of music and a lot of um, TV shows and a lot of movies and comic books, again, especially um, video games, the things which everything kind of built on and the things which people still refer to as classics kind of all happened between, like, you know, you look at, you know, when Star Wars started, you know, right through to the early 90s before everything started to crash and burn in, like, a black-and-white video clip you know, and everything just kind of went went south, you know, with a homeless man with no shirt in the corner playing a guitar in black and white. That was that was pretty much every nineties video clip. Like you know, kind of lost it, but so it so there was a there was a good and a bad to that whole kind of you know eighties thing. Like we we had to wade through a lot of shit to uh, to get to the good stuff. But when we found the good stuff, you know, it was it was. It was just absolutely fucking brilliant, you know. So, I think that's probably the 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 journey as far as being a nerd goes. My tastes have never really changed. I was Superman to start. I'll be Superman till the day I die. Um, you know, I'll defend. It's a character I will defend vigorously, as you've seen probably in the comic emotion boards from from time to time. My, uh, um, I'm pretty much good with anything, but that's kind of like. Uh, that's my that's my button is when people start start going on about Superman and getting it wrong and that's when I'm like, well, that's when the full blown nerd steps in. You know, when every now and again you don't want to be that guy, but you know you're gonna be that guy. You you know you 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 try and hold it back for as long as you can, but you just go, Oh yeah. And that's it. That's it, you're in. So but yeah, so some um, I said not so much a, a journey as 
I think, uh, yeah, the, the creation of a, a fully formed person who's been around for 47 years. I'm, I'm sentimental is probably the best way to, to sum me up. Um, a lot of the things that I like isn't so much because the thing is 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 uh, is great. I mean, a lot of the times it is because I have excellent taste. But it's um, a lot of the time for me, like, and I know it's something um, which I kind of attach um, value to is the is the moment when it was happening, what was going on, uh, where was I, who did I see it with. You know who took me there? Who did like? And a lot of that is attached to, to stuff for me. So there's some films out there that I know they're complete and total shit. I know they're terrible. I know they're awful, but I can watch them, and the sentimentality is what gets me through them. Um, and then I'm I'm happier for having seen it. You know. So um, yeah, I suppose that's. That's probably it for me as far as, you know, as far as that goes. It's the, it's the sentimentality, it's the feeling, it's kind of... Um, so that's why there's a broad, a broad range, because a lot of the time it's it may not be something I'm intensely interested in myself, but someone tangential to me was, and I was with them at that time. So then that kind of associates a thing with me. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a huge watcher of Buffy, for example. But when me and my wife first moved into this house, um, it would have been 18, probably 18 years ago, I'd say now. Um, the first weekend we moved in, we got the cable hooked up and uh, the sci-fi channel, I think it was, or whatever the, the iteration of it at the time was, was showing a season marathon of Buffy. So I think it was season four or something. It was when you find out that Dawn was the key. Um, I remember that quite quite vividly. Um, and I'd never seen a Buffy before it. I don't really think I've seen any after it. But we just, for some reason, it hooked up. The first episode was on. We were like, oh, look, check this out. And we started watching it. And then we just kept watching it. And we just flaked out on the couch for it must have been a good 16 hours. We got some food, we got something to drink, we got, we just sat there, and this was back before binge watching was a thing, you know? And before we knew it, our entire Saturday was gone. So I have like a, a sentimental spot for Buffy as a thing, uh, and for that particular season, because it reminds me of my first weekend living with, with Justine, my wife. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of like, you know what I mean, try, trying to find, explain it as far as the thing was good, but if there's something, if there's a memory attached to it, for me, it always makes it. And that, that may be the reason I defend Superman for as much as I do, you know, so not to say it's not a cinematic giant. It is 100% a cinematic giant. I will defend that with my dying breath. That's the hill I'll die on. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that if that's what came out? It's like he just got that worked up talking about Superman 4 that he just, like he blew a valve. Like he just went. He just killed over. I don't think people would be surprised if that's how I went. I think as, if people, as more and more people hear it, they would just turn around and go, 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, not how all of us would go, but I can see that. Yeah. There'd probably be a few people who'd guess it. Yeah. There'd be a few people who'd probably go, hey, Stephen Conroy died. Did you hear about it? And they go, are you arguing about Superman 4? Yeah, he was. That's exactly how he went. <laughs> yeah, I pegged it. Yeah, I said that years ago. I was just thinking, if right now there's a lot of sentimentality attached to these things, what do you, do you remember what it was at the time that sort of... Oh, I was a sentimental kid as well. I was, um, you know, I was kind of the kid who, um, you know, I would always have a blast, you know, if we'd go on a camp or something like that, I would always have a hell of a time. And then, but then I would always be kind of uh, a bit sad about it for the next couple of days when we left. Or that which was a stupid thing to do to be to be honest you know um but even even when i was a kid like i kind of i've always been good at appreciating a moment knowing kind of like you know to put it in the memory bank or something something like that like i don't um i don't use my phone to record occasions and stuff um like if i'm at a you know a concert or a show or something like that um one of the reasons is i know i don't have to because someone else is going to be doing it anyway, so I can just get them to send me the video. But um, yeah, I still I still attach a lot more to the moment than than the video. Like I have videotaped things in the past, but I never go back and watch them again. Probably got a thousand videos on my phone that you know are from you know kids assemblies or those kind of things, but. You know, I, I never go back and watch them. So, yeah, it was even when I was a kid, I was I was sentimental. So, um, it's always been something that's there for me. Like I've always been sentimental for people. Um, like I'm still friends with people I was friends with back when I was in in school. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think it's just always been there. It's funny because one of the earliest memories is this argument and you just wanting to get in there and watch your TV show. But for for a lot of people if, who attach these feelings to it, they might sort of go down the more attaching the negative feelings because of the argument. I couldn't give a crap about the argument. I'm still the same now. Like, I'm sentimental towards people and all that. But I am. if, if an argument breaks out in a room between two people, honestly, I'm the most awkward person in the room. It's like... It's like... <laughs> my worst nightmare would be for someone to pick up the guitar and start singing at me. You know, so just say I'm, and I, I would, honestly, I would just, where do you look? What do you do? Like, what if you don't like the song? Are you allowed to offer feedback? Um, or do you just have to, do, like, because it's not fair that you should just have to sit there if the person's chosen to do this and they're not doing it well. You know, so it's, um, so yeah, so the argument never means anything to me. The argument is always kind of like something I just need to be over quickly. And maybe that's where I get it from. Maybe it's because my first memory is there was an argument and I just needed it to be over so that I could go and watch Superman, you know. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, there's no negative uh, like attached to it at all. Um, 
if I had negative feelings about my grandma and my my mum arguing, I, I wouldn't have any positive memories at all. You know, that's just the uh, that's just the Irish Catholic world. Yeah, but I think I think that pretty much sums it up for for my sentimentality. As far as I think, I've just always had it, and I think I always will. You know, I'll be one of these guys who will be cornering people. I'll be ninety-eight years old, and I'll be trying to tell them about the time that I did this, or I saw this, or I watched this. You know, so well, um, something for people to look forward to. So if you if you're studying like nursing or anything like that, watch out. A couple of years time, you might be dealing with this on the other end. It's all right. Just put Superman for him. <laughs> nice. It does sound like you've you've had a life which you've enjoyed. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I like what I, I like what I do. I like the people I'm around. Um, you know. Um, yeah, and I think that the nerdy thing is a is a huge part of that. Like, uh, you know, TV and movies and music and and all that kind of thing. It's always, uh, it's never something I've drifted away from. Um, but I've just always enjoyed, although as long as they're not arguing or singing at me with a guitar, I've always enjoyed, um, you know, um, socialising with people and speaking with people and, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, and I think I've, um, I think I enjoyed it because I always, I always thought anyway, I picked the things that always kind of like leaned more towards the light side of things than the dark side of things. Like I was never into, I mean, it's a stereotypical thing, but at the time it was like, you know, we had everyone was suddenly into the crow back in the nineties. Um, never mind, you know, it was never the side of the street I was going to cross over to, you know, I hung out with the goth crowd in um, high school. Um, but I was the one who wore Hawaiian shirts in the in the goth crowd. So it was pointed out to me later, it, it was like in this group of people all struggling to be independent by all looking the same, you used to stand in the middle of them with a Hawaiian shirt being completely oblivious to it. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess. So it was, um, I just enjoyed the music. Like I did enjoy like other... I'm a huge fan of The Cure, Susie and the Banshees, all of that kind of stuff, you know, Nick Cave, um, a lot of that kind of music, really, really big into, into that side of things. But never kind of took took anything down the um, down the path where I thought it must have come, become unenjoyable. Like there were some, some genres and some things that took it kind of too far. It was like I'm, I'm a massive wrestling fan. I love, love wrestling. Um, and for me, it's like when it started doing all of the ECW and the extreme stuff, I kind of, even with that, steered away from it. I was still a Hulk Hogan guy or a Ric Flair guy or or that kind of thing, you know. So I think that's why I've enjoyed it because I've always picked things that have stayed enjoyable, that have, have come back because, you know, you know, we're getting like a second wave of some of the things they are now, like Master of the Universe just came back. Um, which I enjoyed, I thought was cool. I just finished watching this, a new season of Transformers came out, so I've just been watching that. So it's a bit of a nerd paradise for me at the moment. So it's, you know, you know, no reason not to be enjoying it.
First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, nuts. I definitely do not fuck bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. All work and no play makes for a dull way to live, don't you agree? Join me, Adam Ray, and a very special guest each week on the Hostile Takeover, where they and I discuss their favourite game, PC, console, board game or tabletop, whatever they decide, what we will talk about. Let gaming be the way forward. Working's too much. It's time for a Hostile Takeover, coming soon to a podcast feed near you. Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> <laughs>
Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. I've got four older sisters, um, and the the one who was two years above me, um, she used to be into nerdy stuff as well. So I kind of had a bit of a, a partnership there. Like she was into Star Wars and and all that. Not so much comic books and stuff. She was more um, like she was more of a uh, Lord of the Rings. She'd read and still does read Lord of the Rings like once a year. Um, she'd um, and then she would like Terry Pratchett and all of that kind of more fantasy novel side of things. Um, so between the two of us, we were kind of able to to have an organic organic knowledge of the two worlds. Like I would occasionally, like she'd get me to read a Terry Pratchett book. Like uh, I remember reading um, Mort, I think it was, the one where Death Had an Apprentice. Um, I think that's what it was called anyway. Um, but it was really cool. But I wouldn't have read all of them. But, you know, she'd put one in my hand every now and again. Now, the sisters older than that, they were kind of all, um, yeah, they they were into it in different degrees. Um, but none of them were kind of like nerd, nerd people. But they would wake me up at 1 o'clock in the morning when they came home from whichever club they'd been at with their friends. And they'd come out and get me to either make the VHS work or to hook up the Atari, or something along those lines. So I was always useful because I was also I've always been really good at tech stuff as well. Not so much email. <laughs> email, I uh, I kind of I kind of suck at email. Um, I could definitely be much better with it. Um, but um, yeah, old school tech and hooking up that kind of stuff. I was always useful when I was a kid. So um, and. Uh, yeah, you know, occasionally an event would happen like, you know, Batman 89 came out and then all of a sudden, you know, the nerds for, for a fleeting second, we got a fleeting second, of course. But, um, but yeah, that was that was about it. My mum was always really understanding of it. She would um, she'd get me Star Wars figures and, and stuff. The old man was um, fly in, fly out, like he, he worked on the mines. So he was he wasn't around for a lot of it, but he was... A, um, uh, he was huge into movies. He's where I got the movie buff thing from because that's how it would be easy to, to speak to him because, you know, uh, you could just sit down and watch a film with him. As long as you were sitting down watching a film, you could you could talk about anything with the old man. You know, if you're doing something and you knew, you, you know, you were going to be in trouble for it, well, then you wait until he's watching a, a really good movie or you go to the video shop and you'd, you'd, you'd slip like the first Rocky in you know, into the into the pile so that you knew that you could pull it out and go, hey, we should watch Rocky, and then 45 minutes into it, hey, Dad, did, did, have you seen the, what the, what's happened to the car yet? You know, it's like, 
If you like, yeah, 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 no problem. Yeah, all right, hang on, hang on. Rewind it, rewind it. Yeah. All right, so we're cool with the car, Dad? Yep, yep, just rewind it. Rewind the thing. Rewind it. <laughs> it was always, always the best way to, always the best way to do it. But even the nerd thing, like, it, it's, I wasn't, I wasn't a nerd who was kind of a surprise or anything like that because all of us had nerdy aspects to it. Like my older sister is heavily into music. Like she's she's where I picked up things like, um, you know, in the eighties listening to the Cure and Susie and the Banshees and and that kind of thing um, was from my older sister. And then the third one up, um, she worked in a video shop when I was a kid, so I used to go and work in the video shop with her. So, yeah, there was just, it, there's always been, you know, there's been influences around me, um, which have pretty much covered all of the bases. So I've been, I've been lucky to have a lot of ins as far as, you know, movies and music and uh, books and comics and all of that kind of thing as well. And, uh, yeah, and video games. My cousin used to work for Atari when I was a, when I was a kid and he used to come home on the, on the weekend with boxes of cartridges. And she says, when do, you, when do you need them back? And he said, oh, just give them back when you finish with them. And I've still got them. Like, what a stupid thing to say to a kid. Give them back when you finish with them. It's like, it's like, yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, you'll be hearing from me, eh? Even as a seven, eight-year-old, I was kind of like, yeah, no, 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 you won't be seeing these again. Yeah, and it was massive, and there were, like, prototypes in there, and there were stickers, and um, there were, like, company memos. I've still got around the place because I kept, I kept all of the stuff that was in the box. I've got like old um, Atari letterheads and stuff like that. Um, huge, huge, huge Atari fan. Love Atari. Again, conned Nolan Bushnell, the guy who invented Atari, conned him into speaking to me twice on the on the show as well. So, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's just a con job. The whole podcasting industry is a con job. I bet it started. I bet if you went back to the first podcast, it was just one guy sending a message to another one saying, hey, I've always been a fan. Do you reckon you could come on this radio show? And uh, and that's how podcasting started. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was just someone pulling a con job. So how did it come about that you um, you got the, all your, your wonderful jobs in the uh, in the nerd world as well. Well, when I started, when I left high school, because I did I did full high school, the intention was to become a teacher, um, but that didn't that didn't happen for some reason. I ended up becoming a hairdresser instead. So for some reason, like during the during the time between uh, finishing high school and starting uni, yeah, I took a, a job as a hairdresser and, and did that. So yeah, that was that was. I was working there when Superman was killed by Doomsday and I came into work. You got a free, oh, God, this was bad. This I was a nerd looking back. Oh, Jesus. I came to work wearing the black armband that they gave you with the Superman S on it. Yeah, and uh, um, like people saying, what happened? I said, did he? I said, Superman died. And it was amazing. The react. Some people would actually go, no, no. No, he didn't. Like he did. Superman died. And people were like, no. Some people were like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, what are you talking about? Get away from me. 
And uh, but yeah, I still remember some people's genuine reaction was, "No, no, he's not. He's not." So um, I don't know. I've always just worked. I've studied as well. Like I um, I studied hospitality, so I worked behind a bar. I was bar manager at a couple of big places here in Perth during the nineties. Um, and I was uh, studying graphic design, so I was, I, and still am, like graphic designer do graphic design work and that can kind of steer you into a lot of different industries. Um, you know, so, um, and then, uh, I finally went back to uni to do teaching. This was a, uh, quite a few years ago. This was, so this would have been, let's see. So this would have been about 15, 16 years ago. Um, and I was there for two years and then, uh, we found out that, uh, my son Henry had autism, and so we kind of dropped all of, well, I dropped all of the uni side of things and um, uh, became his therapist. So I do thirty eight hours a week. So I studied therapy, I studied the the therapy that he was doing. Plus, I did it at the same time, and that's when I was working in the video shop. And so I was working in a video shop at the time as well. Working in a video shop was brilliant. Working in a video shop was great. I used to love that. And then, um, uh, and then I got the job in the arcade place and then I got the job in the comic shop. And when you get jobs in like, um, arcade showrooms and comic shops, you don't, you don't let them go, you know? Um, and then on the side, I've got my own two businesses. Like I've, I own a company called 3D Printing Australia, um, where I do obviously 3D printing. Um, and, uh, I've also got a, uh, source company as well, where I make, uh, condiments and sauces and that kind of thing as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, some people have side hustles. I'm all side hustle. Everything I do is, everything is side hustle, you know? So, um, but no, I, I'm, I'm one for keeping myself busy for sure. So. Yeah, the comic shop and the and the arcade place I took on just so I had something. Because with 3D printing, when you hit print, you've got eight hours where you can't do anything because it's printing, you know, something the size of a postage stamp for eight hours. It's a, well, that's a, definitely an exaggeration, but it just it would be just so much nicer if it was quicker. So I, the the um, basically the comic shop and the, and the arcade place I got, so that I had something to fill my time once I hit print. So I'd hit print, I'd be gone for eight hours, I'd come back and it would be there. And in the meantime, I would have been in an arcade showroom or a comic shop or or something like that. So, it's, uh, yeah, so it's, that's really what it was. But, yeah, I've and now I've just been doing both of those for years now. So it's um, a good way to spend your time. It's not, it's not hard working in a comic shop and it's not hard working in an arcade showroom. So, um, then you, you know, they're not, when I say they're not hard, I mean, it's just because they're things like, if you were going to put me in two environments where I was going to thrive, um, it would be them because even the tedious work is really cool. You know, if I'm having to swap over buttons on an arcade machine, you know, some of the micro switches are dead or, or that kind of thing. Um, well, then I'm still fixing an arcade machine. 
you know, if I'm if I'm stocking shelves or if I'm, you know, pulling issues off of the, the wall or something like that, well, you know, I'm stocking shelves. Yeah, I mean, most people would consider stocking shelves to be a boring job, but I'm stocking shelves in a comic shop. So if I'm going to be stocking shelves anyway, I'd want to be doing it in a comic shop, you know. So, um, so yeah, I just kind of, I've just always kind of followed the, the kind of keeping myself busy. I mean, the, the the graphic design and all that kind of thing that took up a that took up like a twenty year chunk where I I worked in signage, um, doing graphic design and um, and all that kind of thing. So, like, I I'd, I was the supervisor of a workshop. I I would install signs. I would design signs, and all that kind of thing. So there, there was a good twenty year chunk. But even when I was doing that, I still had something going on on the side. Like I'd have a D and D group, or I'd have a you know, a, a place where I'd help out like once a week or or something like that. I was always always had more going on than just my my main thing. So you never stop, do you? You like a bit of everything. No, I, I stop, mate. If there's something good on TV, I will stop. Everything will stop. There's something good on TV. I love television. I I adore television more than going to the movies or or comic books. I I adore television. Television is, is wonderful. Like, yeah. So, you yeah, know, that's that's when things stop. Like when He-Man came on or Transformers started up or Ted Lasso had just started back up, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, no, everything stops for TV. Don't you worry about that. It's interesting because you have such... You, you are someone who enjoys everything you do you have a positive spin on pretty much everything you do, but you also like the escapism of getting away from it and exploring these weird things. Usually it's people like to escape because they think life is just sort of going through the motions, but you, you are like completely the opposite. You enjoy everything. Well, no, not everything. You're, you're fully aware of that. There's uh there's, <laughs> There's some stuff I don't enjoy, and on on the whole, I will try not to to uh, kind of talk about stuff I, I don't enjoy. I, I'm a I'm a big believer, and always have been, is you don't build someone else, uh, you don't knock someone else down to build yourself up. Um, you know, there's 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 if there's one thing which I would say I kind of try and and follow is kind of like is that, but but every now and again something is that bad that you have no choice. Like, you do have to come out. And and so, unfortunately, the things I don't like, it may seem like I'm really harsh against the things I don't like, which which I am, but it's because if, I, if I'm telling you I don't like something, I'm, I'm, I really, really didn't like it. Like, I, I don't bitch and moan about things on a, on a daily basis. I'll, I'll try and take the positives out of, out of most things. Um, but yeah, if, if there's one thing that I will tell you is if you if you put me in front of a movie and, and it's a, and it's a bad movie, okay, it's a bad movie. Two things I can't tolerate is um, boredom. When you've been given the opportunity to make a film and you give me something boring that's just kind of like middle of the road, never really goes anywhere, then I will knock you into the dirt quicker than I will a bad film that kept me entertained. 
Like if you can if you can put something in front of me and you know it's total horse shit, but you also know you can keep me entertained, I will be there with for the ride. I'll be there the whole time. Like yeah, that was terrible, mate. But you know yeah, yeah you know, nice work. Um, but if I'm bored, then I can't I can't handle that. And also is it, the other thing is fucking slow motion. Holy shit! If I have to see. You know, I was done with it when John Woo was letting pigeons fly in slow motion out of Mia Silvini's hands or whatever it was. The first couple of times I saw it, but Jesus Christ, give us a rest. If you can't make a full-length film, please don't pat it out with 20 minutes worth of slow motion. Boredom and slow motion, they're the two things which will get me every single time. And, um, yeah, it's just... But yeah, I, I try and I try and be positive about stuff. I also stay away from stuff I know I just won't like. If I know I don't like something, or if I won't like something, I completely stay away from it because it's like these people who who jump on the internet and they complain about something, and they start and they're like, "Well, you know, I never liked Star Trek, so I went and saw Star Trek." And it was like, "Oh, okay, so this dude's gonna love it." You know, I went and saw it because everyone was talking shit about it. It's like, great, well done. This is going to be hard to see where this is going, you know. And we, we get a lot of that. We get people who almost spite watch things now. Like people have got times to, to spite watch a show. Or, you know, oh, the other thing which I hate, and this, this is sounding terrible because I said I love television and now I'm going down a rabbit hole. But you know when someone watches the show and it was like someone did it with me recently with uh, Jack Ryan, the the one on Amazon. And uh, I've always been curious about it. And so I was speaking to a mate of mine. He's, he was like, oh, yeah, he said it's really good. He said, first season's not that good, but once you get into the second season, when you get about halfway through and then like three episodes after halfway through, then it starts to get good. I'm like... Why am I going to watch a season and a half of a show waiting for it to get good? How often do people say that to you nowadays? Oh, you know, the first two seasons, uh, they're they're absolute shit. But after that, it starts to get good. And by the time you hit season seven, it's it's, it's not bad. Like, (laughs) but I mean, but there's so many shows around like that and it's, but then on the other side of it is there's other shows where the first season is an absolute cracker. Like I, I fell in love with uh, the Dark Crystal TV show that they did um, on Netflix. I loved it, absolutely loved it. I always loved the Dark Crystal as a kid. So when I was kind of like a shoe-in for that. And that was brilliant. It expanded the world. It was fantastic. It got nominated for uh, Emmy. Um, and Netflix decided not to do, bring it back because they wanted one in a year and the Henson company turned around and said, we can do it, we just can't do it in a year. And so Netflix just said, no, don't worry about it. Meanwhile, that f***ing Tim Allen show, what was it, Last Man Standing? What did that get, 46 seasons? And uh, never watched an episode of it, so, yeah, so... But you know, I just I just can't understand the 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 mentality nowadays where it's yeah, you gotta watch three seasons and then it gets good.
Right, so, yeah, but I love television, as I said, as I said you know, so, apart from the major current modern structure of it, yeah, I'm all in, you know, so if there's one thing that I am, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely retro, mate, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of, uh, I'll have comic books that I bought in the original run, and then I'll buy the trade paperback of them, and then... They'll bring out a hardcover version, so I'll pick up that as well. And then they'll bring out all of that in an omnibus, and I'll pick up every single one of them. Like, especially if you get a hardcover. A lot of the old school stuff they're bringing out in uh, in hardcover collected formats at the moment that are just beautiful, and I'm an absolute sucker for a hardcover. Absolutely, just adore them. So they know where to get me. They know how to get my money. I wouldn't call myself materialistic, but I tell you what, if I if I if I like something, um, then yeah, I'll definitely have it for sure. Which I think is just I think I just described being materialistic, even though I claimed I wasn't. So yeah, so I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a minimalist materialistic. Let's, let's see if I can let that one fly. So, should I should get on Twitter and I should actually, I should actually get all of that covered. Minimalist, materialistic. Someone's probably already done it. I don't have the energy. I don't have the effort. There's probably something on TV. So, you you sort of alluded it to it earlier about the stereotype. Do you do you think the stereotype still exists about? people who are nerdy and geeky and oh yeah 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 for sure yeah oh then it'll always be it'll always be a, a lower kind of a lower class for sure um not no no you know we're kind of um we're kind of sideways now to other things rather than being beneath them would probably be the best way to put it. I mean, the people who appear in, um, you know, Marvel movies, for instance. I mean, you've got Robert Redford, Glenn Close. You've got people like that appearing in in Marvel movies. Um, you know, it's definitely it's definitely now like sideways rather than below. You wouldn't have you would never have gotten Robert Redford. I mean, I think Redford auditioned for Superman the movie back in the day. Um, so yeah, again, I could be. Yeah, I do that quite often. I'll be talking about stuff, and then I'll prove myself wrong by saying something. And I do it quite often. So I, I find myself correct and kind of going, "Yeah, yeah, 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 you're actually wrong. You're actually wrong about that." And it's because I've actually managed to, as I'm speaking about it out loud, I've actually managed to kind of prove myself wrong in some fashion, like I did just then with Robert Redford of all things. So. Um, but yeah, I, I I like to think that with I like to think that nerdy kind of things is still our own little corner to a point because you know when something kind of gets taken over, like I mean, um, look at football for example, is probably a, a a good way to for me to kind of maybe make this make sense. Is you look at football thirty years ago and how the game was played. And how much rougher the game was, and how much more heart there was in the game, and 
And, you know, if you if you want to get me on a football podcast and talk for an hour about people taking f***ing dives, I will more than happily do that. It has, it's just, it's a, it's a conversation on its own. But, and you look at the game today and you look how, how many rules have been introduced and how many differences there are between the game now and there were 30 years ago. Um, I think we're at a point now with the nerd culture thing where it's starting to make a lot of people a lot of money. And as soon as you start putting the money in front of things, kind of the same way we have with football, then you find that they attach rules to the game to speed it up. They attach rules to the game to protect players. They attach rules to the game because they think it makes more money, you know, because if they can move things along or if they can, you know, have have a way to uh, to kind of get more eyes on the screen and more advertisers and, and so on. I mean, um, and I think we're at that point with nerdy stuff at the moment where we're still in the corner, we're still able to kind of get away with doing stuff from time to time, um, but I think we're going to see less and less risks being taken, um, kind of like the same way that there is with football. I think I think the major studios and all that will take a lot of the rules away um, so that, um, you know, smaller clubs can't function, they can't be a threat. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how independent studios go moving forward with nerd properties or superhero properties compared to the Warner Brothers Disney kind of powerhouses that we've got. You know, so it'll be interesting, uh, you know, kind of like a state of the game thing in 30 years time would be an interesting thing to look back on. And because um, there is a staleness to some parts of it at the moment. Um, I mean, I'll admit, at this point, I haven't even seen Black Widow. Um, and it's right there on Disney Plus for me. So I can, but the urgency has kind of been taken away from that. I'm... You know, um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, at the beginning of the, the whole Marvel thing, Iron Man, Captain America and Thor, they were, they were risks, you know, no one was sure if they were even going to, if they were even going to work, you know, and if they didn't work, there was no, no Marvel universe. And I'm wondering what is, what is the risk that will be taken next? And will there be one? Because if two companies basically own everything, you know, is is there any need to actually do a risk anymore or just turn it into a formulaic kind of thing that, that makes money? So that's the only that's probably the only concern I have, you know, um, with nerd culture at the moment. Also that and I mean it goes without saying, geez, we can just be a pack of assholes sometimes. You know? It's uh it's it's like when when we go after something or we go after someone or, or something um, you know, we we can just we can be just merciless, and we we talk about the the stereotypical nerd being bullied and stuff like that. But geez, being on the receiving end of some of these comments from time to time, you know, you you can kind of see that they're kind of taking it like taking it to heart and kind of throwing it back, you know, all the bullying which they had or whatever. But geez, I tell you, it's it's a cesspool out there. Yeah, I've uh, yeah, I've been unlucky to make a, a comment or two early in my day, 
on an account that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and uh, I happened to make a comment to William Shatner. It wasn't a derogatory one. I, uh, it was kind of lost in the translation. I don't even remember what the actual the actual uh, tweet was, but it was it was basically along the lines of, you know, just finished watching. Uh, I think it was something to do with Star Trek Five. You know, you know, it's not as bad as people say. Something along those lines. But it was, and he came after me. I must have just been his random random pick of the day. But the thing is, when William Shatner comes after you, um, all he has to do is come after you once, and then the the world comes after you. Um, and I kind of sent him a uh, another message and said, "I think you misunderstood. This is this is what I meant." And he was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, right, no problem." And then as soon as he said that, then everyone was kind of like. Then I got like a thousand tweets in an hour with everyone going, yeah, no problem, but but make sure you don't do anything like this again. And I was like, jeez, I'm, I'm not actually made for this world. Like, I know there are people who probably would have spun it into a, into a thing. So, but there's also that kind of thing. There's also, um, you know, the, you know, we've got so much great stuff out there. And like I said, if, if I don't like something, I don't, I, I just don't watch it. Um, you know, like I'm not fond of, you know, the Saw kind of movies, you know, what do they call them? Torture porn films. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a watcher of those, but I'm also not critical of them. Um, cause I've never seen them. So, you know, while we've got people out there who, who try and get a film cancelled just because of a preview, which is, uh, you know, so... So I think I think nerd culture is pretty cool at the moment. We got a lot we got a lot going on, but yeah, it'll be interesting in thirty years' time where we are. You know, um, if if like if my football analogy made any sense, um, if we might be kind of the same kind of, and also I think with with what I was talking about with football, I know this is something I, I do, I do often as well. I think the football I'm thinking of is probably more like forty five years ago. Not thirty years ago, because thinking back, thirty years ago is nineteen ninety, and I'm not talking about nineteen ninety. I'm talking about like nineteen seventy. Um, you know, so it's actually fifty fifty years ago that I'm talking about. So I tend to do that a bit. My 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 time frame is definitely like shorter than it actually is. I compress. I think I compress decades together. So I think things that are. You know, just, oh, yeah, no, that was just five, ten years ago. That was actually, like, 25 years ago or that kind of thing. I'm, I'm big on doing that as well. So we've got the rule around my house that I, I throw at the kids that I, I stole from Semi-Pro, the, the Will Ferrell film, which is, um, you know, we've, we've got one rule, and that is ELE, which is everybody love everybody. And uh, so... I mean that's a that's a that's an obvious one, but I also think it's just um, at the end of the day, the other expression which which we have around the house, which which we use, is uh, DBAD, and we'll we'll use it quite often. And it's DBAD, you know, something like DBAD, Dad. DBAD means don't be a dick. Um. And I really honestly think I don't I don't think it matters where you are, I don't think it matters who you are, I don't think it matters what you do or where you work or or whatever. I think 
DBAD is something that is just, it's, it's just, now when I say that, you can, you can express a negative opinion. Like, I mean, you've, you've seen like my negative opinions on, on Batman versus Superman um, on the, on the, on the boards. Um, and you've also seen the positive opinions that, that other people have. Now, what I always try and do is I try and take it to the limit of DBAD and then try not to step over over that line. So I don't know. I think we could solve a lot of a lot of the problems around the world with just DBAD. You know, don't be a dick. Um, and it's a, it's a fairly general rule as well. You know, it's not like it doesn't have strict guidelines. It's open for interpretation. Um, but I think it's I think it would be pretty obvious, you know, because if if it was, you know, you know the shame when someone turns around to you and just goes, "Don't be a dick, man." You know, when you kind of just stepped over that line, you've said something, you've gone a little bit, little bit further, you've gone a little bit, and they just turn around, they got that look on their face, it's like. You know, imagine if that was the only system of justice we had was that feeling of shame when someone turns around to you and goes, Yeah, don't be a don't be a dick, man. Come on, what are you doing? What are you doing? don't be a dick. You know? That's a that's a heartbreaking that, that's that's a heartbreaking like uh like feeling. And especially if you know you were and if you know knew you were before you did it as well. It's just like, fuck it. I've waited too long for my fucking food. Someone's going to fucking pay. This is it. You, small man with the uniform, come here. <laughs> and then, you know, and then everyone look, looking at you in the restaurant and it's kind of like, imagine a whole restaurant looking at you just going, don't be a dick, man. You'd think twice before you did anything. The more I talk about this, the more I think I, think I might start the DBAD party. It might have some legs. If Kanye West can run for president, I can I can do something on a platform called Don't Be a Dick. At least it makes sense. At least it's coherent. You know? So well part of the time anyway. So <laughs> But yeah, I think that's a, I think if I had to answer the world's problems, if I had to if I if I had a gun to my head, I'd, I'd say that would be it. DBAD, baby. You can hear more from Steve on the Retro Project, where he's interviewed the likes of Stan Bush and Jerry Conway. He also has a new show on the Comics in Motion feed, My Favourite Episode, where he talks with people about their favourite TV episodes. You can contact Steve on Twitter at RetroProjectPod.
is a Super Dummy production for Fantastic Universes. Find out more at fantasticuniverses.com and superdummy.co.uk slash geek. You can contact the show on Twitter at Era of Peak or by email geek at superdummy.co.uk. You can support the show and Fantastic Universes by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasticuniverses. I've got interviews with some really cool people. Like I, I spoke to uh, Jerry Conway. Um, I've spoken to Paul Levitz. Uh, there was a guy called Warren Robinette who invented my favourite Atari cartridge ever that was called uh, Adventure. So I spoke to him. He was great. Three wines in, he really loosened up. Um, he, uh, he really did. He started bagging out his bosses and everything. It was brilliant. It was the best. It was I was, I was expecting to speak to him for about ninety minutes. I had him on for three hours. He was he was fantastic. So um so that that had to be cut up. I think that was a three parter I did with Warren. But I, and like I said before, I've spoken to Stan Bush. Um, so the retro project is probably if you want to listen to me, not ramble as much as I am here, um, but talk to cool people. That's the uh, that's the best place to check me out. Imagine if I was a pastor in a church. Geez, it would go off on some weird tangents, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I've actually. Well, I have. Look what I've look what I've done to my look what I've done here. Right? Do you know what that's from? I've been rubbing the whole time we've been talking. I've been that nervous. I've been rubbing my I've been rubbing my hand like that, and <laughs> and I just stopped and just went, oh. I've almost worn a bloody hole in it, mate. I've worn a bloody hole in it. That's insane. Well, hopefully you've been able to make some kind of sense out of this. I'm not sure if it's what you're what you're expecting or, or whatever, but it's, I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll be able to find a. You should you should have a good seven minutes in there, I reckon. A, a nice tight seven. Yeah, there'll be a tight seven in there for you, mate. The tight seven.